I would just like to find that balance. How do you find a way to still be motivated, still want to be successful, but also not exhausting yourself in the process? And I really do believe that a lot of these alternative therapies have got something in them. Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of Finding Feel Good. I'm Jade English, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my journey so far and where we're going to next. I've always been really ambitious. I was a content marketing manager, and it was basically sitting down in front of a computer for about eight hours a day, staring into it. No one, no one in the office spoke to each other or anything. And I used to go in every day and think, I hate this. Like, what, what, like, why am I here sort of thing? I feel like I'm just wasting my life. And I used to always look out the window and just be like, is this it now for the next, like, 50 years? Do I just keep coming to work, sitting in this seat, trying to get a pay rise, trying to become a manager, then a director, then this, and then at what point does it reach happiness and success? There was a meditation center right next to my work and I used to go there on my lunch breaks and I always remember people being like, Jade meditates, like what? And I used to be like really embarrassed, like I can't believe I meditate, like it's weird, it's not what I do but for some reason it makes me feel way less stressed than I actually am. So I used to go at lunchtime and I used to try and take people with me and stuff and sometimes they'd come and it was good but I think that was the first time my mind sort of opened up to the fact that you can control your biology or your emotions through breathing and alternative therapies. I think I was always feeling like there was something missing. So because of that, I used to always keep myself really, really busy. And whether it was trying to get that next promotion or becoming obsessed with losing weight, there was always just something I needed to do in order to make myself happy or to try and become who I thought I should be. Then The Apprentice came on TV and I used to watch it and I used to love it because uh, it's like I'm very competitive or I was very competitive. I think I've sort of lost that a little bit now. But anyway, so I applied for The Apprentice, got a call and I got through to one round and then the next round. And I was like, okay, this is a bit weird. This is really bizarre. Uh, meanwhile, in the background, like I was getting quite down at my job. During this period of time, I started getting really anxious and I started blushing and going bright red. And I had a boss that was basically like just not very good to me. And I was just thinking, how the hell am I going to get out of this? And I was just getting in a darker and darker place. And then I remember I ended up getting onto The Apprentice and I like I quit drinking. I was all about positivity. And then I think when you go on a reality program like The Apprentice, all of a sudden you you achieve some of these things that you thought would make you happy and you realize once you get there that that's not actually what creates a fulfilled life i got put in a house full of people that i didn't know they took away your phones your internet you were recorded literally 24 hours a day you had mics on you you never knew when you were going to eat next it was so psychologically challenging probably quite damaging really but I think because I'd sort of like gone through this transition before I went anyway I made it all the way to semi-finals with The Apprentice I was like couldn't believe it 
I mean, some of my friends actually were like, where the hell is Jade gone? Is she like, is she gone to rehab or something? Has she died? <laughs> she's just vanished off the face of the earth. And I told them all that I'd gone to like a silent meditation retreat, which everyone obviously believed at the time because I'd suddenly got into all this stuff. Then all of a sudden you get dropped back into society and society has stayed exactly the same as it was, kind of. I had just changed. Like, I'd seen things from a completely different perspective. I knew that from that point, like, I didn't want to be with my partner, even though, you know, he's a great person. We just weren't right for each other. And I'd sort of, like, just got a glimmer of my potential, which I'd never really seen before. But there's almost this assumption that once you've been on there, you're this... You should be this mega successful entrepreneurial person. And I was getting invited to do like guest speaking things and I was, you know, being put up on this pedestal. But to me, I was still, you know, just Jade. And I found it really weird when people would, you know, treat me differently and I didn't want to be treated differently anymore. And it, yeah, I think that's when I, I crashed really. Couldn't really even figure out what I liked anymore because I would go into shops sometimes and I'd look at clothes and I'd be like, I don't, I don't know if Jade likes that. Does Jade like that? Or, and I was trying to like be this character off The Apprentice essentially, but what it is, it's a character. You know, there is still an element of me that still wants to be out there. I want to be known for doing something, but I want to be known for doing something good. And like, it seems to be now that we're living in a world that you should be famous for the sake of being famous, whereas it used to be you know, if people know who you are, it's because you've done something good in the world or you're actually contributing to society. And I think that was part of the disconnect as well. I was like, mm, I don't think I really agree with what they're doing to this character of me. Like, all the papers were interested in was getting pictures of me in my underwear or finding out about my sex life or just stuff that was like, you know what, I actually have a little bit more substance to me than that. So I was like, right, I'm going to go on holiday to Bali and get and get, <laughs> get away from this bullshit. And anyway, I went there on holiday and I was like, I can't leave here. So I stayed and I had some of the most incredible but weird experiences. And I just became obsessed with what happiness was. And on my way around, I met loads of people who kept claiming to have found that secret ingredient. So obviously, trying to find that, I tried everything. I did breath work, women's circles, and I was so desperate to find out what my own happiness was that I literally latched onto everything I was offered without questioning any of it. There's something special about Bali. I think when you speak to a lot of people in the Western world, I think a lot of people do have their little superstitions or their... I think they know deep down that there's more to meet the eye with life in the world. Or, or at least I think people are intrigued to know why we're here. They call Bali the island of the gods. They seem to have embraced the fact that life is pretty cool and like why are we here and it doesn't have to be all serious we can try out these different techniques and hopefully they'll make us feel better and if they don't well at least they've <laughs> at least we've had a laugh in the meantime it's a hindu island they believe in karma and 
being quite calm and you, you can feel that, you can pick up on that energy when you are in the country. We're living in a time where it's easier and easier to get the next best thing. And then I think people get to about 50 years old and they go, oh my God, this was not the thing that I was longing for and it don't actually feel any better. And I think that's when people get a midlife crisis. And I think that when people go on reality shows, in some ways it kind of skips up that journey in between and suddenly you have a lot of things that you wouldn't have had before but you actually reach that point and realise it's not what life's all about. That's not what makes you happy. I think it is as well. You know, when, when you hear all these quotes and it says, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And you think, yeah, right, whatever. But I think once you change your mindset and you realise that the destination really isn't what it's all about, then that's when you can start finding the good things in everyday life. And I think that a lot of these holistic therapies that are in Bali are actually things that are just trying to make you come back to the present more and make you realise that you have everything you already need within you. I do think life is a journey and as cliche as that sounds, I think the journey is finding out these things that may make you feel good and I think that that is different for everybody as well. I don't think there's like one size fits all. I think everybody has got a passion that they know deep, deep down is what they want to do. And yeah, I think it's just down to us to sort of figure out what that is. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I think some of the things that we think will make us happy are actually just a mask for something that we're actually searching for. So for example, I think fame, like what is fame? It isn't actually anything. You can't tell if more people know you or like you or not. I think fame is that that band-aid for actually proving to yourself that you're good enough. Like, if I can be good enough at this thing to make me famous, then surely I'm a good enough human. A good body, we're, we all seem to be striving for a good body, but is it a good body we want or is it just health? Many of us seem to want to have the best relationship who buy us presents and do these things, but really, are we just looking for connection? When I came back and tried to like integrate back into society in the UK, it was like, couldn't really talk about any of this stuff without people thinking I was crazy. Whereas in Bali, it's like very accepted that, you know, we are energy, that there is more than what meets the eye to being a human. So I kind of like got back in my own box again and, and you know, just started going back into that corporate workplace stuff I think over the last couple of years I've managed to find a really good medium ground where I'm like not completely consumed by believing every spiritual wellness story spiel that everyone gives me but I'm also not embarrassed to be like actually some of this stuff does work so that is one of the reasons that I want to do this podcast because I think there's definitely a lot of people who are struggling in the Western world and I think there are Eastern traditions that can help people. I really want to hear the stories of these people because it absolutely fascinates me that some of these people that are on the episodes have had such amazing journeys you know people who now live in the most obscure places doing jobs that you probably never even knew existed 
and also to show myself that it is possible. You know, I've in the past when I've found that complete inner peace, even though it might have been momentarily, I know what that feels like. And I guess maybe in some ways I'm chasing that, not the high anymore, but like the inner peace. I think once you've sort of experienced how it feels to just basically be a flow of positive energy, it's like, it's a little bit addictive. And I think through speaking to a lot of these people, you can see they've got something. They've got inner peace or they have just a completely different outlook on life that many of us have sort of got swept up in by being part of the rat race, by being advertised to, by, you know being expected to be a certain way it seems that through a lot of these traditions a lot of these people seem to have been able to shake off their concern for what other people think of them as much like this was the dream I remember being like I'm gonna go to Bali again and I'm gonna record a documentary there I'm gonna do something and like for this to actually be happening it's like this is crazy and it all comes back to that positive thinking and I mean I don't want to keep going back to positive thinking because I think that word's almost got a bit overused and kind of tainted again through social media but there's part of me that keeps thinking I'm going to wake up and someone's going to tell me that it was actually a bit of a dream so hopefully that won't happen I'll actually get to Bali. I hope that people will get from listening to this podcast that they're not alone. I think everybody is on their own journey and trying to figure out what it is that makes them feel good. If people are even a little bit intrigued in hearing about things that, you know, aren't on their everyday radar, that's what I'm hoping to achieve. I just want people to realize that there are other things out there that can help them feel better. There are also other people out there who do go through dark times and it has been a really weird time for everyone. I want to go back and find out what will actually make me feel good and what will make you feel good too. I'll be trying out different wellness techniques with some incredible people and some of the biggest experts in the industry. I'll be doing sound baths with Jasmine Hemsley, we live in an age now where we try to fill every spare moment with some kind of consuming of, of information. So I think with a sound bath, you're basically bathing in these sounds which are designed to calm you. Breathwork with Richie Bostock. The term quarter life crisis is now a thing. I certainly had that. I flipped my world on its head when I was 24. And when I realized, you know what, the corporate world wasn't what I wanted to do or what I was supposed to be doing. Tantra and intimacy with Michaela Boehm. Once somebody is of age, it would be really good if they would understand that learning sexual skills and learning relational skills will set them up for a lifetime of success in that domain. And working out what makes us feel good and how we can bring well-being into our everyday lives. What is the answer to finding feel good? You're going to take five breaths, and on the last inhale, you're going to hold your breath on the inhale. You're going to step in on the exhale, all the way down, your shoulders under, and you let it out. Whatever needs to come out, you let it out. Allow any tensions in your forehead, the area around your eyebrows, to just melt away. Everyone has the opportunity to share if they want to, without anyone giving advice. But I think the magic is in really listening. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Finding Feel Good. 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give the podcast a five-star review. It really helps people to find us. And we'll be back next week with our first adventure into finding feel good from Realty Media and Pineapple Audio Production.